And welcome to another Venue Podcast. It's podcast number 50. The big 5-0. The big 5-0. And with me... Hmm? No. (laughs) So I'm Josh. um, And with me, I've got uh, Brian. Hey. Will. Hello. And Phil. Hi, Josh. And uh, we're going to jump right into our news today for podcast number 50. That's that's fifty. Fifty podcast, yeah. Five zero. It's definitely a milestone. I, I think we'll do a special episode for one hundred, but not for fifty. No. <laughs> normal, normal, normal episode fifty. Yeah. Totally. Gonna do like a remote podcast from some exotic place. Sure, why not? Is this, okay. is this like the the golden podcast? What's planned for it? Is that what that's called? Uh, so the twenty fifth is silver. So the mm-hmm. fiftieth is gold. I think it is golden. There you go. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So speaking of gold, let's talk about. <laughs> Let's talk about the flat earth. Mm. Let's talk about that was where gold would come from mm-hmm. if the earth I see. happened to be flat. This is comedy gold is what it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. So, Perfect. you know, B.O.B. and and he, you know, B.O.B., the, the rapper, right? So he, okay. You might he, remember him from 2008. Yeah. <laughs> or whenever he was popular. He, he decided to, to go on a rampage recently. He is what is referred to as, I think, a, a flat earther. Or, yeah. what, or what are they Flat called? Flat Earth conspiracy theorists? I don't yeah. know. Whatever. Uh, he he and Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of got into a, a Twitter spat. Um, and, and Phil, you want to give some details on this, this Twitter spat? Uh, yeah, so uh, B.O.B. apparently is a, uh, is a denier of science, which is uh, why we're going to talk about this on the podcast today, because, <laughs> you know, nerd stuff, right? So he posted a picture of himself well, like on a mountain, and in the background he's got two cities that were like 16 miles apart. And he's like, these two cities are 16 miles apart, where's the curve? And he posted something else that was like this kind of meme about the star Polaris and how if you're in the southern part of the globe, you should not be able to see it because the Earth would block it out. And... um Neil deGrasse Tyson responded to him, and he's like, well, either you've never been to the uh, Southern Hemisphere and looked up, or you've never been at all, because you can't see it after a certain point. So he's just, like, denying all of the science involved in the Flat Earth conspiracy, in, in, uh, in, in real? Yeah, all this, he's, he's denying all this real science. And, he, and because Neil deGrasse Tyson came out and said, hey, you know, you're wrong. Here's the science. He, he released a diss track about uh, – he released a diss track to Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, including, like, references to some Holocaust denier and uh, some other, like, ridiculous stuff. Like, this guy is, like, off his rocker. <laughs> and Neil deGrasse Tyson, his nephew, released uh, a diss track back to B.O.B. that was to, like, a Drake song called Back to Back. I think it was called, and the diss track was called "Flat to Fact" or something like that. And it, it was just—it's just hilarious. This whole thing is ridiculous. Interesting. And this is all happening over Twitter. It's all happening over Twitter. Hmm. So we're having this astrophysicist talking to this rapper, and just like, <laughs> it's funny. And part of uh, part of Vob's uh, diss track is like this. This clip of of Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about how the Earth is an oblate spheroid, which is like it's not completely spherical. It's like more 
more uh it's thicker in the middle and towards the bottom almost like not as exaggerated as a pear but like a pear and for some reason he thinks that this is weird whereas that makes perfect sense to me as a person yeah if something's spinning it would you know become wider yeah totally you know what's interesting about this is i read a uh, an article um Man, was it the Wall Street Journal? I'm trying to remember exactly where I read it, but um, they actually had a, a person go out um, on social media to like fact check people um, when rumors and stuff would come out over social media. Um, they'd actually have a team go out and, and fact check it, and um, what they realized is nobody wanted to be fact checked. <laughs> people just really liked to live in whatever world they're in, and they didn't frankly just didn't listen once the facts were presented to them um they just didn't listen which is fascinating when it comes to you know social media and and how all of this stuff is communicated right i think that's kind of one of the things that neil degrassi tyson responded and i don't remember the exact words but one of his responses was like you're allowed to bask in your glory as long as you're not the per a person like making decisions like important mm-hmm. decisions yeah <clears throat> yeah ba- he said like bask in the glory of your your uh Oh, crap. What's the word? <laughs> In the glory of your ignorance. Uh, yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Very so, interesting. speaking of people making important decisions, um, Apple reports record Q4 profit, record all time. Q1, right? Or, I, I think it's so it's Q4 of the year, but Q1 of Apple's fiscal right. year. Oh, okay. yeah, so it actually yeah. ends, I think, in January. Yeah. Sometime. Although the, the fiscal year stuff is confusing. They do but, that so that they can, you know, uh, put holiday i guess into the following year is why that's done that way mm. um yeah so they made a lot of money and they posted 18.4 billion which in, is point profit right billion. i think so it's straight profit it's 0.4 billion more than last year at the same time which, which is was already like the record for any company so they just beat their own record yeah so how much do they actually have on hand now oh god Does anyone know i don't it's, know but i would take like a one one millionth of it and so be um, pretty happy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like they made that 18.4 on 75.9 billion in revenue. Yeah. Uh, so imagine. It, yeah, it's... Yeah. I, I'm that's, interested that's to see That's money in the bank, right? I mean, that's just... The, the 18 is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so I'm interested to see uh, what's going to happen on the following quarter because they even set up for, mm-hmm. you know, hey, we've kind of reached the tipping point for for iPhones at this right. point. I think this is the more interesting um, bit of this news. Yeah, is what so, you're talking about now. Yeah, so they actually came out and said, "Hey, you know, uh we're going to see a decline in iPhones uh iPhone sales going forward." Um and they kind of prepared everyone for that. Um just because they've kind of hit I think mass yeah there's no yes. more people that we no, can sell to. It's also I mean, something well, to do with like the exchange rates and a lot of Apple's right. business overseas. Mm. So They've hit that point, yes. Yeah. Now, one other really interesting thing that came out uh, of this of this call, though, was they now have one over over one billion active Apple devices on the market today. Wow. And that's just mind-boggling. It's crazy. Hmm. Uh, one billion devices. Well, how many of them are in this room? Like a hundred. We have like a hundred I mean, just yeah, right I mean, here. <laughs> so what's the next thing for them if if, if uh, iPhones are declining? I mean, I know the company has got so much money in the bank that they're going to be fine for a very, very long time. 
What's the next thing? Do you do? Well, do a, they do? A, a, yeah, do they do home automation? Apple Car? Is it, well, home, is it TV? I, is I it think Apple that's kind of. I think that's kind of the problem, and that's why the the stock is fluctuating as it is, is because you know everyone kind of expected the Apple TV or the the Apple Watch, something along those lines, to kind of pick up, you know, where the iPhone left off as far as a as far as a you know a, a selling thing. Um, the iPad didn't do it. Um, and the Mac, you know, just as a general rule, because computers are basically kind of dying in in the consumer space, uh, you, you would you need something to to kind of bolster that, and no one sees that yet. So it, it's going to be interesting to see where they're going to go, you know, going forward. Tim Cook expressed an interest in VR, kind of. He said VR was really cool. Or something okay. along those lines. So that could mean that Apple's looking into that, but you know, don't read too far into it. Right. Well, yeah. I, don't yeah. Know. I mean, something else is going to have to I come mean, out. It, and whatever else comes out won't be as, is have a bigger splash as like the iPhone. Because the iPhone mm-hmm. didn't, didn't come out and it was, they weren't making this money around day one. So it, it wouldn't surprise me that something like the Apple TV becomes the next. Is, you know. it, so is Apple too big to innovate? Uh, no. I don't think so. I don't think they're too big to innovate. I, I mean, if you if you've kind of noticed, no one is doing anything mm-hmm. in this space right now. It's it's not it's not a, a problem just for them. It's universal across the whole industry. And until somebody puts something out there, even if it's some small player that they can steal from, yeah. I mean that's that's kind of how they've always rolled. Well, don't we have don't we have in innovation? And in, in as we look back on on technology, whether it's from Apple or IBM or whoever, you know, just just looking back to the history of computing, don't we have these lulls where we have things that are just mm-hmm. kind of status quo for a while? Definitely. And you know, like with cell phones, cell phones were status quo for a number of years before we actually had a true. You know, we had the Blackberries, you know, and that type of smarter phone. You know, we had uh, Windows Mobile. Uh, not a very good smartphone, but now we had these things. With, okay, computers in your hand. Yeah, and then it took Apple, uh, you know, to take it to that next little step that brought it to where okay, man, no keyboard now, touchscreen. So I think they were going to have a lull in technology for a number of years, maybe until something something bubbles up, and then once it bubbles up, you're going to have a player like Apple or someone else that makes it that okay. This is the application. This is the app. This is the device. Yeah. You know. So wow. It's just my opinion. Cool. It's, it's a good opinion. Yeah, it's a great opinion. Um, share your opinions more often, Will. We love them. No, that's what you get today. Um, all right. And uh, next on the topic list, we've got uh, some news out of VMware. Yeah, so it, you know, from recently, uh, VMware let, you know, let some some people go. Um, and one of the teams that was let go that wasn't very highly publicized was the hosted UI team. And, and that team was in charge of VMware Workstation and VMware Fusion, um, which kind of leads to some speculation on if VMware is going to be killing off or uh, maybe outsourcing their yeah. desktop virtualiza- desktop-based virtualization software. I, I don't know. I'm a little concerned by this. You know, I mean, that's, that's a, a handy tool. It's a, a very it's a very handy tool. I mean, I use it, uh, I use in, it. in my day to day work here uh, because I have a Mac, but I do a lot of work in Windows, and I fire up my VMware Fusion. It runs, I mean, beautifully. It runs at, at native speed. Windows works, works fine. Uh, it, yeah, it's a little bit a um, little bit interesting in seeing what's happening with that. Uh, you know, what is VMware going to do? The product will be around, I'm sure, for a little while. Yeah, I'm sure they have some, I'm sure they mode. have some some maintenance mode. They're going to you know kind of keep the application alive, but 
Um, I don't understand why they would ditch that. Also, is there any other products that were, were, were on the cutting block? Um, I, I didn't hear of any other developers actually getting cut, um, but the Horizon View support team was cut. Yeah, now that that really mm-hmm. surprised me because it's like, man, you know, okay, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to outsource it or they're going to swing support for the Horizon desktop. So Horizon View is the desktop as a service, um, VDI, virtual desktop infrastructure mm-hmm. uh, offering from VMware. So this makes me wonder. It's like, okay, hmm, what's the future of that product? You know, and is it just is it just a reorganization? Is it a hey, we're going to do something else. We're going to still be in that space, but we're going to change it up a little bit. Maybe there's a new product or new technology. Maybe there's a new product or new technology. Um, Maybe it's in cloud that, you know, hey, this is where you get your desktop now. Um, You know, so we'll see. It's just, it worries me people who are already VMware Horizon View customers, uh, where's support going to come from? So is it going to go to, like you were saying, is it going to go to the, um, just the regular ESX people? How's that going to be? Yeah. Versus, yeah, you end up with getting support from people who really don't understand the the product at that point, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think these products are probably going to be uh, just outsourced. Like they're either going to be outsourced or they're going to be sunsetted. Fusion and workstation. And I don't see how they could get rid of them. I mean, you got a lot of players though right now. So you have you got Parallels and on the mm-hmm. Mac side, and you have a couple other as well. Plus, you have VirtualBox, right? VirtualBox, yeah. which is free and cross platform. Works across the board. Isn't I, Fusion like the the best? And I don't I don't I don't know what the sales see, numbers are, but I've always can, heard Fusion was the best one on Mac at least. On Mac, I think Parallels actually sells better. Does it? Yeah. Hmm. Um, from a sales standpoint, right? right. Um, I personally prefer. So there's they do different things, or they do things differently. Um, I actually prefer Fusion because I prefer having a full desktop, whereas Parallels shines in that you can actually run applications from that desktop. More seamlessly, yeah, like a Unity type of thing. Yeah, they do Unity. Parallels does Unity much better, but Fusion does uh, full desktop much better. So, Hmm. Hmm. well, Hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah, moving on to uh, the future of computing um, Hmm. in artificial intelligence. um, Google uh, DeepMind artificial intelligence recently beat a human player at the game Go. Right. Which is amazing. It is. Yeah, that's uh, – I think it's something that, you know, they've been trying to accomplish for like 20 years. You know, mm-hmm. not not Google in particular, but in general, like people have been trying yeah, to get and, and Go. Yeah, and Facebook recently said they were getting close to this. <laughs> right. And, yeah. then, and then, of course, as soon as Facebook said, yeah, we're getting close, DeepMind's like, hey, yeah, we just did this. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> have any of you guys played played Go? Uh, not since I was a kid, and even then I don't think I really played. Really? I had, right. When I was in college, I had a friend of mine. Um, I think he was a, a Vietnamese maybe student or or, or 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 Chinese student, and he got me into Go and I played for a while. Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting game, but um, extremely complex. You can right. place the pieces anywhere on the board, yeah. which leads to an outstanding number of combinations. Yeah, it's 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 not it's it's complex, but it's not difficult. Mm-hmm. You can like you can learn it. You can you can once you get the you know, take ten minutes to read or learn the um, playing technique, and then you just. Then, then you start playing it. So it's not something that's not – it's not like chess that you have to really study. This is pretty simple. But it is – it can be complex. Yeah, but chess chess is still – you know, you can still compute chess though because of the fact that it's – Oh, sure. You only have a certain right. amount of moves, a certain amount of, you know, ways to move. This is so random. You could literally move anywhere. So I agree that it may not be that difficult of a game. 
but the the possibilities of where to move is impressive from an AI standpoint. So what else has the uh, Google DeepMinds lab done? I mean, I know that there's, so that lab is responsible for AI, uh, artificial intelligence. Do we have any other I, examples I mean, of what they're working on? I, or? I, I don't. I mean, I think they stay pretty hush. Um, I, I haven't really heard a whole lot of what that what they kind of work on. Mm-hmm. I seem to remember something from them, like, dealing with images a while back. Um, it was, like, fractal images of, I, I don't know, maybe I'm making that up. Yeah. So if you go to uh, deepmind.com, that will uh, kind of give you a little bit of information about what the uh, guys over at Google are doing, guys and girls over at Google are doing for uh, their artificial intelligence initiative. And they have uh, they do have a little bit more information on the uh, game of Go with the AlphaGo algorithm to, to solve that problem and, and do that type of stuff. So it's, it's quite interesting. Um, it, it's an interesting website of what these people are doing um, that right now there's no real real-world application for this. So it's very theoretical. Right, but you know, in the near future, this could be finding its way into a whole bunch of other things, like right. maybe even the Internet of Things. Maybe the Internet of Things, yes, mm-hmm. which is a scary space at the moment. <clears throat> which is extremely scary. I, when you sent me this article, when you guys sent me this article, I looked at it and I was like, "Are you what? This is insane." Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> the security is so bad on Internet of Things right now. Well. Let's wait. Let's rephrase that. Really Some quick. things. Well, by default, the security is very bare, right? right? However, if you go in and you know put a password on these things, it you know be yeah. set up considerably. Um, Ars Technica wrote an article this week, I believe, um, referring to a search engine called Shodan, which is specifically for searching for IoT devices. Um, on this site, you can actually go and type in a specific port that you want to search for, and it will actually search all devices on those ports. So if you go and uh, search for the specific port for webcams, you can go and get pictures of webcams uh, around the world. So anything that's unprotected around the world, broadcasting on the Internet, you can you can go Do and Do you look know at. that port? It's, uh, I think... Five five nine, if I'm not mistaken. And have you been searching webcams, Brian? So no. I mean, I, I, you know, it's funny. As I read the article, and yes, I did uh, search some webcams because that. I mean, that's that's terrifying. It's insane. I mean, they have a picture on in the article of a baby sleeping at night. Right. I mean, geez. Yeah, pretty yeah. interesting stuff. So so now you know that AI is five, getting five, four. much more um, much more complicated. Uh, perhaps even getting to the point where it will achieve some sort of human intelligence and we have internet things where it can look at all of us sleeping. Yeah. Or doing well, day, I, don't think, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> I mean, I think you just, people need to start just securing their, um, securing their, right. So their cameras, what, I mean, sensitive things. What are the, what are the tips that we can give the audience on how to make sure you don't show up on this search engine? Um, make sure to secure any cameras, any you know, any home devices you have, anything that's in your home. You want to make sure that's secure so that people can't snoop. Um, especially, I mean, don't have it open to the world unless you have to. I mean, obviously with cameras, people want to see what's going on at their home. I get it, but 
just don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I read, use a VPN or something and, and just do it over that. I mean, I read some suggestion. I don't remember the exact suggestion, but I think it was people. Someone suggested making a separate Wi-Fi network that did, they couldn't get out or something like that to put your IoT stuff on. And then half the stuff that didn't work starts not working properly. Um, I think a lot of these devices have to get out. I mean, get in some and do. out. Some do, but some don't. Okay. Well, all it's, right. It's just not good. So make sure you secure your webcams, everybody. Um, well, I was looking at the site here, and I was just kind of clicking around webcams, and none of them came up with. <clears throat> so you um, have to you have to actually be a member. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you have to have to be a member of the site, which is free. Um, and okay. then once you're there, you, you do a search for like port five five four, and then you have to do has screenshot equals true or something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's, a, there's a certain thread you have to search for. Oh, okay. But, well, I was just looking at the site, and it, it is you know laid out well, and it is yeah. kind of scary because it's all all there. So, and, and this isn't just for cameras, right? So this is all IoT devices. So if you have a thermostat in your home mm-hmm. or something like that that's not protected and open up to the web, guess what? Somebody can go and mess with your thermostat, turn the heat on, easily accessible. Well, by, by default, by default, are these like say for instance a Nest thermostat? Can anyone really get into the Nest? I mean, the Nest has an IP address. It can get out, obviously, to get to the Nest servers. But has there been any, been any what, cases? What if, you na- what if you netted to it, though? Like, what if you set up a direct net to it? Not, okay. Not knowing what you were doing. I get, yeah. But out of the box, you ignorance, wouldn't typically do that. Ignorance is key here, right? It's not. Well, it's not ignorant. I mean, for someone to be. Well, why would they? I mean, I agree with you. But why would they go. Install I'm not saying a nest, stupid. I'm install saying, a nest, and then go. Oh, I'm gonna nat this to my external win, and that's obviously not how it works. I wasn't saying specifically on the okay. nest. I was just yeah. in general. No, that's fine. All right, moving on to emails. <laughs> <clears throat> um, podcast at venue is the email address. Um, we actually got this uh, question um, a few r- weeks ago. Yeah, right around the new year. Um, and it says here, with a new year comes a new commitment to fitness. To help me stay committed to my goals, do you guys have any recommendations for fitness apps? I think that's me and Brian. Brian, we'll talk about yeah, that. And Will, um, please. I mean, we've we've both lost. Take it away. A ton of weight uh, over the last few years. I mean, I've lost. So I lost two hundred pounds. Uh, put on some back, but getting that back off. And Brian, I think you've lost a, a, about a hundred, over a hundred pounds. About, so far. Yeah, about one forty or so. So almost, yeah, almost two hundred pounds. I mean, it's working your way, you know, one hundred forty. That's still a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what what's what what applications do you use? Well, you, it, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on what your goals actually are, right? So if your goal is to lose weight, there are definitely tools to do that. My Fitness Pal, lose it, tracking your food. Um, that's that's a good way to lose weight. Um, there's also fitness apps, though. So if you're just looking to get more fit, you know, uh, there's, you know, running apps, RunKeeper, Strava, uh, you know, for bicycling as well, you know, uh, Strava Cycling, I think, is mm-hmm. their, their other big one. Um and Demando is also, if they're still around even, they were a, a, an activity tracking uh, platform. Um, and then there's also things like 5x5 five five or, you know, Stronglyph's 5x5 five five that, uh, you know, if you're looking to gain muscle mass and you're trying to gain, you know, uh, muscle, get stronger, 
you know, there's there's just so many different options out there. I, it's hard to really pin them down. It, it it all depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, hmm. uh, I would think. So I'll say I use um, uh, uh, the meal planning. You know, the what's he was it. Um, my Fitness Pal. I use My Fitness Pal for logging food entry. I use Runkeeper. Um, is my major with my two major ones. I use the, of course, since I'm an Apple Watch user, I use the Apple Watch app for fitness. The, the one thing I'll say is, you know, when people say I need technology to make you lose weight, oh, also uh, with things, the scale. Yeah, so any type of internet cool. connected uh, measurement device, like your scale. Blood pressure cuff. I think all this is important to, to, to get the information in front of your face and also maybe give to your doctor. Um, but I think that any of these applications are completely useless if you don't commit yourself to doing it. So, you know, the applications are great to help you, but if you aren't committed yourself, you're going to fail. You're not going to lose weight. You're not going to become healthy. I mean, you may become healthy, but you're not going to attain the goals you perhaps are in your head that you want you want to get to i think that's why having some of these social aspects in those apps are, is really important because it, it's better yeah. to like compete with people um, I think. and it holds you accountable yeah, I it think. Holds you so accountable as well you can't just say yeah i think i'm gonna run today to someone and mm-hmm. then not go run right yep. if you say you're gonna go run well then they can see whether or not you yeah. went ran. yeah i do that on twitter sometimes when i want to commit to doing something i say all right I- i'm doing this just, just because you know, I'll, I'll think back when if I'm thinking of not doing it, I'll think back. You know what? I made a commitment to do that publicly, yeah. so I'm gonna, uh, do, yeah. I'm gonna do I it. write that's, all those down. Yeah, and just you keep do? track. Yeah, See, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I gotta make sure that Josh can't call me out. That's how. That's totally. that's how. I, that's what helped me lose weight the first time was um, I would get when I'd get on my withing scale. It would post to Facebook, Twitter, uh, my Watch Will Lose website, and uh, I mean, I had a lot of people. At some it, at a point in time when I was really in the heyday of losing weight, I had a lot of people comment. On the site, I would have people, random people, go to the site. Um, you know, I'd post before and after pictures and progress pictures, and people did actually give you, um, you know, they'd give you, um, you know, uh, motivation, motivation, yeah. support, and that's actually, I think, a good way to lose weight uh, or, or get fit. You know, is having that social interaction. So I will definitely say the social interaction does help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even with that, I will say there is a time where you have to flip that bit in your head. To make the decision, okay, I'm gonna do this because even if you even if you do the social reinforcement, and you have all these apps and things. Uh, there are times you are going to fail, you're going to slip, you're not gonna you're gonna have a bad day or a mm-hmm. week or month, and that can turn into a year. Speaking from my own experience, uh, by losing a whole lot of weight and putting a good bit back on, um, you know, yeah, it, it's 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 something you have to decide yourself. You have to flip that bit in your head, and then once that's done. Speaking for myself again, it is a no-brainer. It's easy, yeah. You know, but it's something you really have to work on and keep consistent on. Yeah, and you know, with a lot of people, they might want to go out and actually pick up a wearable, a fitness wearable, or something mm-hmm. to help them meet that goal. Um, which leads us right into our topic for today, um, and we're going to discuss this fairly quickly. Um, just about evaluating the life cycle of tech products. Um, it seems like nowadays, every time I pull up an internet web page, there's a new phone that's better than the last phone. A new phone, a new watch, a new yep. fitness band, yep. a new computer, always. When do you guys buy things, and and when should people when should people invest in tech? You know, when when is when is that perfect time? I know I created a rule um, years ago to not buy the first gen of anything. Mm-hmm. Because no- a lot of times 
they're not very good. I think there's there's no one size fits all answer to that. It really mm-hmm. depends on what you're buying. Because for example, when it comes to like CPUs, Intel typically does TikTok, which is like they come out with an architecture and then they improve upon it greatly. And typically, I think people like to buy the talk of Intel stuff because like Skylake right now is supposed to be really great, improves GPU performance by like forty percent over Broadwell. Um, whereas in phones, I think a lot of people like for iPhone, for example, they're, they're also do kind of like a TikTok thing. And from what I've read on the internet, a lot of people seem to like the talk on iPhones. I personally prefer the tick, but I, I mean, it, it just kind of depends on what is most important to you. Because if you're in the tick lifecycle on an iPhone, for example, you get uh, antenna gate and you get anything else that, that you know, there's something that they just, that just somehow gets past QA, but mm-hmm, they don't, mm-hmm. they, they don't fix for the talk version. And yeah. to me, like those things have never really bothered me. But if you're the typical consumer, I, I just don't. I can't say you know. I recommend buying tick. I, I recommend. I would buying be a talk. talk. I'd be. Yeah. A talk. I'm, yeah. And and just to kind of clarify, this is talking. You know, if you have a six and then a six S, and then the, right, right, the right, S right, phone yeah. or the S device would be the talk versus the six would be the tick. Uh, right. Same same basic design principles, but with you know modifications to to make it a little right. bit better. Mm-hmm. It's like a like a releasing like, like a major version and then another new version, but not a major version. Basically, right. yeah. I think it comes down to like Josh was saying is you know number one, it's costly to do these things to you know because I mean there was times where I was doing tick and talk. I mean I was just whatever it was I was getting. Um, now it's like okay, I'm going to be a little bit more. Uh, frugal with my cash, and it's like, okay, maybe I don't want to get the 6S. Maybe I will wait. Uh, part of me does want to go get the 6S Plus, but, you know, it, and, it, and I think it comes down to how much are you willing to spend. And also, you know, especially when it comes to phones, are you doing non-contract? Or are you doing buying outright? And I think yeah. that's also, in fact, I had someone call today when I, when I was at my desk at work here. Uh, one of our customers called and said, hey, I'm looking at buying a new phone. Uh, what should I buy? You know, is it worth buying a 6S now or should I wait? And I was like, well, you know, um, we don't, we'll, we, we will see a new phone in 2016. It'll probably be, what, October, November? September. Usually September. September, October, you know. So do you want to wait? And he's like, well, my phone is basically, the camera on my phone is basically dead. And I said, well, you know, you need a phone. So I always say, look, you know, um, I would go buy a new phone, buy it outright, you know, pay the full price for it, which is going to be, you know, a couple hundred dollars more than if you're doing contract. But I said, after you're doing that, after you buy an unlocked phone, the market for these, for resale on these phones are very high. So you're gonna, you are going to be getting a good return when you sell it. In most cases, in some cases, Brian, you will either test or argue with that. <laughs> But yeah. at that point in time, okay, it, it makes yeah. it easier. It's like, okay, I'm going to buy the phone, a new phone every year. I do have to bother with selling it, you know, or finding a buyer or doing something with Gazelle and maybe making a little less money. But at that point. So the way I usually look at it is if I'm buying a phone every year, um, which I have tended to do the last couple years, um, sometimes two a year um, <laughs> because I have a problem. Um, but anyway, so. First so, step is admitting it. yeah. So what the way I tend to look at it, though, is I look at it as I'm renting this device. So I pay a rental fee for this device for the 6 to 8 to 12 months that I've used it. And if I can justify, okay, it cost me 
75 or 80 bucks to use this device for eight months, then it was worth it. But if it cost me 200 to use for eight months, then maybe it wasn't worth it and I'll hold on to it until something better comes out. Um, it's all about return and what you can get, you know, going to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people have also been conditioned to buy phones every two years because of the whole contract well, business, and, and you can't do that anymore. There's also nobody that offers contacts, contracts. That, uh, you know, they're 200 bucks, and that's just not the right, case. Right, right. Yeah, phones are definitely not $200. <laughs> well, yeah. some no. are, but the cheaper ones are. But like iPhones and the high-end Android phones. Yeah, you're looking five to, five yeah. to seven yeah. easy minimum. And it also yeah. really depends on, you know, you need to sit back as a buyer and, and decide what you're actually going to use the phone for. Yeah, you know what what your purpose is for whatever even is mm-hmm. phone device you know tablet CPU whatever. and you're right because I mean on my when I get home in the evenings I typically don't use my laptop anymore very mm-hmm. few times do I actually sit on the couch and take my laptop out however there's more times I'm taking my mobile out my mobile my mobile phone and using that you know and and, and computing on that and doing email mm-hmm. and text or games or applications right yeah um in terms of like do you want to be the first person to get new technology i agree with phil in that there's a risk in that that's associated with that uh but there's also a lot of fun associated with that yeah. there's a lot of it's hard to gauge that you know it, it's it's hard to gauge you mm-hmm. know but there's a lot of hey like you know people i've talked to people who said hey you know i'm waiting till iphone uh the iwatch apple watch 2 comes out mm-hmm. and i was like well you know, honestly, you know, there's a lot of devices that are actually pretty good on launch. You know, um, I'm very happy with my iWatch. Or I keep saying iWatch. Apple Watch. I think everybody says iWatch uh, these days. You know, uh, antenna gate and those types of, well, that was what, the iPhone 4? That was the iPhone 4, yep. You know. But you got a free bumper. Yeah, okay, I did get a free yeah, bumper that, that I never that used. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you will have those things that are, you know, major problems that have gotten by QA. But I think these mm-hmm. days, those are less and less. They still happen, but I think they're a lot less. Well, so like with the Apple Watch, when that launched, you had no native apps. When the MacBook came out, it was pretty slow until Mavericks came out and basically fixed that mm-hmm. because Yosemite, for some reason, was just not optimized for them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that, that kind of thing happens a lot. Yeah, but with the Apple Watch, even on day one, when there weren't a lot of apps... Um, it was still a cool watch. It was still a very, you know, from things like notification standpoint, yeah, it was still right. so much better. Well, I say that it's better than anything I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these things were, were fixed, you know, several weeks or months later with software. So mm-hmm. if it's fixed with software and I don't have to go buy anything, then I think exactly. it's like, okay, you know, that's that's cool. We can wait. Yeah. You can't fix antennas with software. You can't fix antennas well, with maybe, software. Maybe you well, can a little bit. Didn't they release a patch that kind of sort of did something? Yeah. But not, Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I think it, this this type go, expounding on like what type of devices we're talking about. We really don't know what the life cycle of uh, wearables are, and I think we still don't know what the life cycle of tablets are because a lot of people are still using iPad twos because yeah. they still work. Yeah. So when are you when do you need to buy a new tablet? Is it because you know the tablet has Force Touch now and you want you know that like it has to be some feature yeah. added to these okay. things. Yeah. I, I don't use uh, my my iPad, my older iPad, which I think it's an iPad two, maybe or an Air, is the best clock in my living room I've ever had. 
That's a nice clock. That we've is, we've yeah, all seen nice it. Yeah. We have, have you all seen, seen it? it? Have you all yeah. seen yeah. the clock? Yeah, yeah it's it. great. It's a nice clock. Yeah, I think we saw it last week. Yeah. We, all, yeah. we all commented on it, actually. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's a great clock. Yeah. Very vibrant. It was one of the first things I noticed in your living room. Yeah. yeah. So, in, Not, yeah. And same thing with computers, though. You know, it's one of those things people don't upgrade very often. You right. know, you go to, what, five-year mm-hmm. cycles almost? <laughs> so For some people. <laughs> How I long mean, have we had our, our heirs? Because I'm kind of wanting a new laptop, but I really don't want a new laptop because this works just fine. I, I want to say I got this in 2012. Okay, so we got ours maybe. around the same time, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's a good ways. That's a good, you know. I don't need a new laptop Four yet. years. Mm-hmm. And I don't really need a new laptop because this one works. It's got SSD. It's got enough RAM. It's mm-hmm. really a final machine. I do kind of have envy of, of Phil's mm-hmm. new MacBook with the zero travel keys, but... I mean that may V two of that machine will probably be be my next machine, but it it'll be right at about five years, so it'll be at about yep. that time for me, you know. So mm-hmm. for me, my my computer lifespan, if generally, has been about five years. Yeah. Do you think the errors are going to go away, and it just be the MacBook MacBook Pro? Yep. I don't know, but because I mean that is basically that, that is basically an error. That is basically an error. No, it's a MacBook. No, I mean the size is no, basically no, about the same as an error. No, it's a MacBook. It's the size of a MacBook. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, right. so I think this is this is also something that applies less to desktops as well. Because whenever whenever I was looking at this topic, I was like, whenever I bought my desktop or the parts for my desktop, I didn't even buy the newest the newest CPU that was yeah. on the market because it, it required all these new, more expensive mm-hmm. components. I bought like the generation before, and uh, for a laptop though, it's like okay, with the V2 of the MacBook, like we were just talking about, we're gonna get Skylake, and Skylake is such a good improvement that you kind of do want to wait for that. Whereas in a desktop, you really don't need well, to wait for that. Yeah, desktop processors have kind of gotten to the point, though, where, I mean, the upgrades you're going to see from day-to-day use aren't going to be that drastic. Right. Uh, laptops, on the, other ha- <clears throat> on the other hand, with the efficiency and the power consumption and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and the power that they're able to push are changing pretty rapidly. So that's why you're seeing you know, more of that demand to, to jump quicker with laptops than yep. with desktops. Yep. Desktop CPUs, seem, it seems to only really benefit like a very high-end user that needs more lanes or channels, whatever they call them. Like right. if you want to do SLI and have an M2, M.2 SSD in there all at the same time. Um, so, I mean, in that case, yeah, you want to be bleeding edge, but yeah. Mm-hmm. What other devices? Is there any other devices we want to talk about which, we have, which has an impact of TikTok? I mean, phones, computers, tablets... I mean, I don't nobody I, like kind of like Phil was saying earlier. You know, they still haven't really established what that cycle is going to look like for wearables. Yeah. Um, I mean, even the Fitbits were. I mean, what three, four years between iterations. Um, I mean, the, yeah. the Flex was out for three years or so, what and then the, they released the fours. What was before the Flex? Cause I had the first version that you had to get the, off of like uh, indie, like uh, Kickstarter or something like that. Yeah, the first one was just the one. The I had the one. one. Yeah, it was the one that clipped on you. Or something. Yeah, I had but the that, one. Again, that was out for, what, three years before the yeah. Flex came out? You know, So the, the release cycle for those, let's say it's, what, three or four years? The thing is, they don't break. But the battery <laughs> the, the battery life may, may you know depreciate a little bit, but they're not going to break. You know, so that's... Unless you put them in the wash, which case, they break. Well... Because <laughs> I've done that many yeah. times. Well, yeah. <laughs> wow. Different story. All right. Fantastic. Well, we're going to close out the show. Um, we love ratings and reviews. Um, you can also email us, uh, podcast at venue.com. 
Um, you can also find us uh, at takethenextturn.com for our blog. Leave, leave comments there. And you can check us out at www.venue.com. And we'll see everyone in two weeks.